This is our Halloween special. Blank Eye Girl? No. Oh, what? yeah. We just watched it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes fine. It goes fine. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This Happy is coming out hopefully on Halloween. Yes, hopefully. Because <laughs> it's the fr- currently the Friday before. I think I might have time the day before Halloween to edit this episode in between two shows that I have to work at Brooklyn Bowl. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. Halloween. I believe in you. Happy Scalloween. Yes, with that theme song. <laughs> that was the theme song yeah yeah i know it's a scalloween classic right there <laughs> hall have probably played lots of scalloweens right we have we've played many scalloweens in our day not doing one this year mm. we have shows announced for december mm-hmm. i've been to some scalloweens one of the first like like sort of diy it was a diy it was like a church basement and it was a big scalloween in new jersey in like 2005 maybe uh, or six and super memorable uh it was like yeah i was never seeing it was like oh these are all like localish bands and there's like 300 people here all super into the scene it was cool that was a good time for scott in only the northeast <laughs> right it, it was like a real scene going yeah because i feel like the northeastern ska scene was a little bit harder a little bit more aggressive and it weathered the emo screamo storm a little bit better than mm-hmm. like orange county ska mm-hmm. so they got started a little bit later after the Orange County poppy kind of stuff. Uh, and they hung on just a little bit longer. Uh, so like, yeah, the mid aughts, Scott was thriving in places like New Jersey and Long Island. Oh yeah. I remember on this seeing, um, let's just see if I can like look at this. I think awful waffle played long shot hero. Um, I think there was this band called, the Miasmics, these were all like New Jersey ska bands. And Longshot Hero totally had like elements of like the like emo. There was a little bit of screaming in it. Like it was able to come in. I remember that was at that first show. I remember meeting a guy who was like really big, like in the scene, he was like probably like 19 and he was really <laughs> tall and he had uh, vampire makeup on. He was talking about how he, he really didn't like Streetlight Manifesto. And I was like, <laughs> Probably one of the first times I was like, oh, yeah, like you can be kind of a snob about this kind of (laughs) music. Uh, Were you into Folly at all around that time? Um, I found them a little bit later, but that's the marquee when you think of mixing hardcore and and stuff with ska. In New Jersey, especially. In New Jersey, yeah. yeah. Because they're kind of doing a little comeback thing. Yeah, I never saw them, but I like, as I started to get into it, I... I like got into it and they had a couple of really sick songs. I remember. Yeah. I got a, uh, I've got their split with the best of the worst on, nice. on a seven inch. Yeah. Them and uh, the flaming tsunamis. Oh yeah. Had a couple great ones. Yeah. Folly's playing that adjacent fest. Oh, that's right. That? Yeah. There's so, yeah, so many bands on that. Yeah. Yeah. They had like a whole hardcore stage at the bottom with, with like folly and soul glow and like all these, these bands. Uh, it's cool. I was, Thinking about this adjacent festival, which is taking place Memorial Day weekend, 2023 in Atlantic City, and people were calling it like when we were young fest. But the thing is, I'm like, I get it because Paramore and Blink-182 are headlining. But then when you look at the rest of the artists, there's a lot more contemporary stuff going on um, with with shit we love. Turnstile, The Front Bottoms, Pup, Jeff Rosenstock. Yeah. Jeff Rance. Hey, there we go. Um, but then even the, I I was like some of the stuff they're bringing back, like the legacy stuff. I was like, whoever booked this is sort of feels like a friend of mine. Cause yeah. Cause there's not like the whiny stuff. I know. Yeah. Looking at that lineup, I know 
almost all of those bands yeah. and i like almost all the ones that i know too yeah the starting line yeah 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 <laughs> i mean motion to see soundtrack to me i re-listened to motion to see the other day i'm like they totally fit in with like what jeff is doing and stuff um in my mind japanese breakfast rules yeah and then you go the you meet me at the altar which you love yeah um yeah off drug church is sick incendiary this is like a good lamp i i, I want to try to go yeah i i doubt i'll make it yeah i know well it might be wishful thinking but very good festival yeah i just uh, much more my speed than when we were young are tickets on sale i don't know let's see do we know how much they're going to cost? Probably, it's probably obscene. Two hundred fifty oh. early bird. Yeah. Now it's tickets tomorrow three sixty. <sighs> I just I can't. That's the same. The, the crazy thing though is, uh, two fifty or for, or two day pass for three hundred sixty dollars is like almost the price of if you just went to go see Blink One Eighty Two. Literally, tickets yeah. were going for like hundred. Blink One Eighty Two and Turnstile were like hundred eighty to three hundred dollar tickets. It. I kind of. I can't justify spending no, that I, much I, money I know, on anything. Like it doesn't matter what the concert is. I don't. I don't think I could ever spend that kind of money on a ticket. Yeah, I get it. Well, maybe we can get press passes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do our our part two interview with Jeff oh my at Adjacent Festival There's, just to talk about Adventure Time. <laughs> that would be really cool. There's somebody on here is like a head. There's, there's gotta be. There's no way that one band in here isn't just like super fucking like one of the dudes in Pup or something. Like I don't know. Um, we if if it can get us to the festival, that would be a very epic move. Yeah. Hey, if there's any publicists listening, we'd love to interview your bands. The Movie Life and I Am the Avalanche are playing. Wait, Movie Life? Where? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Look at that. That's cool. Dang, yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Dude, then they released this uh, lineup. The one that went everywhere didn't have Slaughter Beach Dog on it. it was oh, the one, yeah. They just like left it off. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'd be so mad <laughs> if that happened. Um, yeah, anyway, that's cool. That's good stuff. That's not very Halloween talk. What, what, can we talk about something spooky? What, what do we have at spooky? There's, there's the mystery of my missing vinyl records. <laughs> Yes, you're missing vinyl records. Um, Get Scooby Doo in the gang on that case. <laughs> dude, dude, okay, so <laughs> trying to think of anything spooky to talk about other than I, movies. I, I wanna, I wanna just run this by you, just because I, I like telling you about all the shit that happens to me, like in at the DIY level in the music industry, just for you to come back at me and be like, yeah, this still happens, like even when fifty thousand dollars is on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> it makes me feel so much better. <laughs> Good. Uh, but I think I I mentioned to you, I finally have the Donkey Skong vinyl records. Oh, yes. And I've mentioned on the podcast, I don't even give a fuck. It's been a battle with Respawned Records just screwing me over. And not because he's trying to be a dick, but because he's just very bad at the, all this. Okay. And he sent me the records but he didn't send me one of the variants. Ugh. So I sent out a bunch of, of the orders that I was able to. Um, so if you were one of the people that ordered a Donkey Skong double vinyl from the Holophonics months ago, a lot of them are on the way. I'm still waiting for the classic black variant. Mm. And Respawn Records guy, I told- just gonna, You just want to talk about this openly on the yeah, pod? Yeah, okay. sure. I he He sent me the records- uh, there was a box that w- had a factory label of one variant. It was sealed mm-hmm. and it had Sharpie on it with another variant oh. that said black. How did that happen? I get that's weird. And sure enough, it was not what the Sharpie said. It was what the <laughs> factory sealed label said. Okay. Um, so I'm missing, I'm missing some, uh, some of this variant. So I emailed yeah. him. I was like, Hey, you sent me more of one variant and you didn't send me any of the black. Uh, can you send me these? And he just lost his shit. I, that was the extent of my email. I really didn't even say anything beyond the, that. those two sentences. You sent me 50 of this one and you didn't send me any of this. Can you send me the other copies? And he just got so mad at me. He's like, how dare you speak to me like this? Hmm. And I, <laughs> 
is that I know for a fact I sent you the exact variants that you that you requested in, in the exact quantities. I know for a fact, but I will send you what you're asking for me just to be done with this. No one has ever talked to me like this before. And so I'll 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 give you what you're asking for. And it's like Dude. <laughs> this record is sold out. How could he even have extra copies to if give he, you? If he didn't already not send them to right. me. Right. <laughs> You've caught him in a logic conundrum there. <laughs> oh, he, he, he said the that box said black on it because it was be, it was just reused. But it was sealed. Yeah. Yeah. And man. also like that, like also, what does that even mean? Did he, nobody probably thought that he could give you that. Maybe he was going to keep extra black but did he send you then a box of the wrong vinyl that you have to send back to him he didn't even ask me for me to send him the, the wrong copies back right. i was so like i was weird. expecting to do that because i was wondering if it was some sort of thing where he's sending you these keeping the black for himself to sell more but that doesn't even add I up i don't think any of it is that insidious i think mm. he just really doesn't know how to do this like and that's he, uh he's made errors throughout this entire process it's like no one's surprised that he made another one and <laughs> Yeah, I will. I mean, I can't say that that's happening at Atlantic Records, really. But I mean, just, the, 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 the whole... fuck ups happen. I think the thing that's hard there is his reaction to dig his heels in. I know for a fact, and I'm like, I took all these records out of the boxes, and I'm like counting them, and I'm like, my like my world so is qu- coming down your around. Your quantity me. was wrong too. I got the total quantity correct. Oh, okay, but I just had extra of one and none of another. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, people ordered this, this variant. I need, yeah. I need it to send out. And I, and he's like, he's, I know for a fact I sent it to you. And I'm looking at it. It's like, I don't have this. Like what reality are we living in? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and if he then has them to send you, that means he didn't send them to you in the first right. place. Like, isn't that like a really childish thing to be like, well, you, I'm not, no like, you're still wrong, but I'll do what you want anyway. No, like, no one's <laughs> ever talked about this, which is you simply just ask, Hey, I think you made a mistake. <laughs> well, oh. okay. That, this is this is this is something that I've 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 stopped doing, um, where mm-hmm. I sort of pad out okay. my communications. Hey, with like, what's going on? Yeah, hey, I just wanted to check in, like, and see what. Super, what... super stoked! I got the records. They look amazing. Um, however, when counting them, I saw this. Like, right, that's not yeah. the kind of message I send anymore. And it's because, you know how how have you heard about like using the word just in front of senses just like softens everything and mm-hmm. it just it just been, takes away all I've been of your working on my usage of just yeah you know, of course like this guy had a lot of money and hired us to do this and press these records and everything and we we're basically at his mercy so i didn't ever want to make him mad but he just started making so many errors it's like i need to really clean up my communication i need to be like clear direct and succinct so I, like i took away all that extra fluff yeah i was like i got the records you sent you sent more of one thing and none of the other. Can you send the records that you, that I don't have? Yeah. It's all, <laughs> oh boy. This is spooky. <laughs> this is throwing me for such a loop the last few days. It's like, it's, it's totally destroying my schedule trying to figure out uh, all this situation. Like, I'm sorry. Well, it's good to talk about publicly, I guess. So if anyone's waiting on a black record, they know yes, we're, we're, they're, they're coming hopefully soon. <laughs> oh man. Dude. Damn, well, I hope you can put that past you very soon. I mean, do you do you get where people are just so against admitting that they made a mistake to to not <laughs> want to fix it? Yeah, but I, if, to come back uh, aggressively is is a, is an odd choice. Not <laughs> not yeah. being evasive about it or not owning up to it or not wanting to accept that they were wrong, right? Like, is one thing to be like, no, you know, I don't think i did but i guess i'll check if you want me to i'll be back soon right, something like, like that or being passive aggressive yes. like seems like a much more common thing the the, the, the direct aggression aggression right back at you is is an uncommon response i think for most people doing most things um i guess it's never i, I i'm sure that i've i've encouraged it I, I was talking to a friend last night who's in town and she's a manager now of of artists and bands and producers and stuff and i was talking about how in my job i've had to do more of a just fucking come on man (laughs) like i've had to do that a little bit and she was like yes that is like the if you boiled down 
what like a lot of my communication comes down to sometimes sometimes it's just just fucking just come on just please send me the thing do the thing right and you have to like say it nicely to maintain your relationships but that feeling i feel like never goes away i'm sure most jobs you're just like come on man um but it it sucks that it it's like yeah you said you would do the thing like you haven't done the thing i'm just I really need you to do this, please. Please, yeah. Oh, I know that feeling. It's just so weird to come back at it so aggressively. I've never talked to you at that. I mean, like him saying that to you is just to be done with this is like, we're never working together again. Oh, that decision was made a long time ago and not by him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so maybe he's just, that's so weird. He's like, why does this guy keep calling me out on my mistakes? <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> like, no, has, has no one ever like called him out on something like that. Cause like this guy is riddled with errors. Yeah. There's typos everywhere. And like, okay, I'm not trying to make a big deal about typos. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of consequence in a typo, but the kind of person that makes typos can very easily become the person to make bigger errors. Right. Cause like a typo is something that is very easy to make and very easy to correct. Mm -hmm. And so like everyone makes typos. But not everyone prints vinyl record jackets with typos in the track, with like multiple typos in the track listing. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was, the the Dan Ozzy book sellout, I think I talked about it in a past episode where they were talking about, gosh, I almost like have to go cite the book, but it was the Donna's, their second record was going to be like this like CD-ROM record and they were on Atlantic Records and somebody fucked up so bad that like, the entire pressing had to be thrown out and the cr- units didn't ship and it just totally fucked up uh, how many records they sold and the charting on week one or something. Oh my gosh. So those things happen. I, I wish I could go, f- should go find, find it. Um, <clears throat> I remember finding this, reading this and I was like, Oh my God, that is, I would die like forever. I would remember <laughs> making that mistake. You know what I mean? Here it is. Wait one second. Uh, it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point because like when you, sometimes when I've I've gotten um, frustrated with people, I realized and then it's like a big deal to me. I've realized that it's not a big deal to them, and the fact that it's wrong isn't a big deal, and they're not. I I almost like am talking to them like hoping f- to. F- see them register why this is a big deal yeah, and for like, them to say, I'm sorry, but they're like, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction that this mistake happened or really was a big deal. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. It's like you try to find a way to communicate like this affects me negatively. Yeah. Like I can't fix it myself because it's, because it was your mistake. Can you please fix it for me? And like, they don't, they don't want to hear that. Yeah. Oh, here it is. It's the okay. music industry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They basically printed those like dual discs and it, uh, oh, the music cut off on the first song, 53 seconds in, the music cut off and went right to silence. And like, that's how they all were. So they had to like, fans were allowed to sh- return them or ship them back. And it said radio play. Like a big, like they were working this song at radio and it was the follow-up to the big Donna's album and radio play based on how many records you ship and release day, because those are, you can mark them as like, you're going to sold and they shipped huge numbers. So it was like really good. And then when the CDs were defective and the last half of the last song cut off, people were returning them. So they shipped them all back. And the first day numbers got completely fucked because of the glitch and there was no coming back to it. And their, the radio play on their single was totally fucked. Oh no. Isn't that crazy? Dang. I that was what year was that? I don't know. I gotta find like two thousand five or something. Oh, that late? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I guess right. Yeah, CD ROM stuff was still Yeah, I think they talk about it where it was like a brand new thing where it was like you could do a CD, but you could do this dual disc and like you're giving people more content, maybe you charge an extra few bucks on it, and then and it was like a early like this is gonna save CD sales kind of a tactic yeah yeah i remember getting like the resignation uh from our expanded yeah. and there was like an extra dvd disc must have been this must have been this gold medal record 2004 oh yeah they had that stuff on that 
Yeah, uh, there was like um, there was like a whole live concert. Like it was like a 30, 40 minute live wow. set. Wow, I've seen. I think some of that on YouTube. You know, it was the worst CD trend though. Was and I they I don't think they did this very long, but I remember getting the Foo Fighters record in your honor, and it had this like protection on it, so you couldn't upload it to iTunes and put it onto your iPod because oh. they were trying to stop piracy. So then if you wanted it on your iPod or your computer, you had to rebuy another copy on iTunes or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But the more the that more... was that was crazy. That whole thing was just so insane. The, the more the I engage with it. Foo Fighters, the less I like them. Oh really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you hear, hear that, about the whole like AIDS denier thing? Did we yeah. have you talked about that? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> I, I believe. Uh, I, I that doesn't even sound like a real Foo Fighters thing to me. That sounds like a record company wants to do this, and they said, "Fine, if you want to do this." Um, yeah, but like at that on that album, like Dave Grohl had enough cachet to be like, "Fuck no. that." Yeah, yeah. Like, and Metallica had already gotten so much bad press over that. Like, weren't people learning? It should have been. I, I, yeah, I, I can I can see though how somebody at the label sold it to them as not a big deal, and those guys were definitely not using iPods or iTunes and <laughs> at the time. At yeah. the time, and somebody explained it to them, and they were like, and their manager was like, no, no, you should do this, like XXX, and they were like, okay, fine. You know what I mean? Just like on a phone call, like Dave Grohl's going to the grocery store. They're like, hey, Dave, so we want to do this thing with the CD. Oh. Why, if they bought it, why can't they listen to it? They're like, no, 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 no. Like, it's a company wide initiative. We're doing this for every CD. You'll it'll be one of the first. And he's like, all right, I trust you. And then it was a terrible, I, I've, I've, I can see, but also, yes. Um, no, I, the whole AIDS thing is really, and it's really disappointing that it was all from, wasn't it all from Nate Mandel, the bass player? Yeah. Who's, but everyone backed it and like, Sunny they Day, did like, estate? they did like, charity shows for it and stuff oh yeah there's really there's a really terrible interviews or like a video um press kit from this like anti-aids thing where it's like an interview with taylor hawkins and he's like yeah man or it was like it's a written he's like you know like it was something just like none of us knew about and nate read this book by this guy and like we were like holy shit like how how do more people not know about this this is like crazy like so we were like we got to get the word out about this so we did it's, it's, it's kind of, I guess, you know, pre-internet, <laughs> you want to give them some grace, but at the same time, you're like, you guys were all full-blown adults, like adults in your thirties at, at the time, right? <clears throat> yeah. Fully. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it would have been the early 2000s. So they're like in their thirties. You, you should know well enough if you hear something so insane like that to look into your, look into the sources a little bit or like ask people about it. And then people probably telling you immediately that that's an insane thing to say and think. And then you thinking twice about it. It's like, who were they hanging out with? Who's Nate Mandel hanging out with and surrounding himself with that? His whole circle was in it. And then that none of the Foo Fighters. I mean, I, I wonder if they were all like, this is important to Nate. And this is like, he's never asked us to like play at his niece's birthday party before. Like and we had to do that for, we had to do that for Chris Shiflett. So, <laughs> fuck like all right nate this is the thing you want to do all right fine like you get one um i don't know man but but it, then yeah, what, i mean you think if that was a situation like they maybe would have said something to that effect but like they've just tried to scrub it oh yeah well i think if you i remember reading about this because you told me about it i looked into it and it's it becomes clear that somebody called them out and then they abruptly like never mentioned it again scrubbed it and we're because <laughs> it was basically like oh my god we colossally fucked up <laughs> <laughs> and then they did give money to AIDS charities at some point. Um, they did like this whole thing with Elton John and gave money back. <clears throat> Doesn't make it right. I'm just, they did it. Somebody, somebody got through to them. Yeah. That's an insane thing to be so off on. Yeah. The, the, the woman that they were like supporting, like she died and she killed her uh, like her newborn child. <laughs> Wait, the 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 person doing the anti AIDS thing. Yeah. Did she get AIDS? Yeah. Oh, whoa! All right. She, well, she had AIDS. She passed it to her newborn child through breastfeeding, and they both died. Yeah. Wow. I'm scrolling through this. 
like that was like the woman that Nate Mandel was they con- got, convinced was correct. They got really swept up in some like crazy early misinformation pre-internet or early internet misinformation and just got totally down some it's like a Alex Jones Alex Jones rabbit hole. Yeah, like this is yeah, like QAnon shit pre-YouTube. Yeah. Holy shit, man. But yeah, I mean, like, you think of the kind of person that falls for that kind of shit now. Is it really that different than the kind of person that fell for it then? Um, right, because, like, there are critical thinking skills to apply at any step in the process, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard. I, I, I don't. It's hard to, like, pres- prescribe uh, getting swept up in something and, like, be, like, they're call like just write them off because of this one thing like if they haven't exemplified that other behavior publicly since seems like they definitely learned the lesson in their private lives yes if you got swept up in it once when you were you know uh like 28 years old or whatever which if it was in 2000 which is what taylor hawkins was like yeah you you might be prone that they might have believed some other crazy shit yes i hear you <laughs> um reason would stand but God, I hope they learn their lesson. They luckily they haven't done anything crazy like that since, right? I don't think so. They're just now Dave Grohl's just the ambassador of of rock and roll to the world. I guess I I didn't vote for that position. <laughs> I mean, he's the best we got. I Is mean, he, he? Yeah, at the for the for the position of ambassador of rock and roll, like there's he 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 is waving the flag. And is is carrying it on with good natured spirit and showing up to do it. And he's doing it better because like now they're like they are classic rock, right? And it's so Ugh. it's so much better. They're like such a better classic rock band. Like you want Axl Rose to be the guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyone like from the eighties, a lot of the nineties people. I mean, I honestly people I'm gonna get hate, hate for this, but I'd prefer Foo Fighters to like Pearl Jam. Um, I know people love Pearl Jam, but like, I don't know. I like Pearl Jam better than Foo Fighters. Yeah. I mean, Eddie Vedder's pretty cool. I mean, they're cool, but, but I mean, I don't know. I think Dave Grohl, I don't know. I don't know who else, who else would, would do the thing in the popular culture spot of holding on to rock, uh, as well as, as him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, not not necessarily that I care so much about like maintaining rock because like if rock sucks, it should probably just die. But um, I mean, but, there's there's always MC Bat Commander, right? But like, what you want? You could, you know, I'm trying to think of like you, there's like so many worse versions of Dave Grohl that could exist. I guess is what's what's in my mind. <laughs> like when I look at the even look at the playing field. Of all of that, of all those bands, are like at least it was him and not, I don't know, uh, Limp Biscuit, yeah, Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan, like that guy sucks. Yeah, he got real. He went off the deep end. Yeah, I, mean, I that's the I, I'm always like kind of curious because like he is technically like the biggest reverend artist. And I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I've, I don't like he he he's done what he he wear a bunch of like MAGA shit back with early Trump era. I don't know exactly the extent of Billy Corgan's shittiness, but yeah, I, well, here I'm not anti anything except establishment. Won't talk about, he won't talk about, he, he won't talk about Trump. He did liken Bernie Sanders to chairman Mao. Um, Oh, <sighs> Um, he hates social justice warriors. I don't know. I'm just reading headlines right now. <laughs> just doesn't seem very, just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't even want to read this shit anymore. He was on Alex Jones. I, I, I'm done. Billy Corgan was on Alex Jones. Yeah. Ugh. well, so was the singer from the interrupters. So was a uh, Mike judge. Really? Yeah. He has some questionable stuff. Dang. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on 
Yeah, he was on Infowars, and it was like, it was like only a couple years ago. Oh, nine years ago. Okay. Well, I guess he really. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know shit. I, I don't have my sources. Um. Yeah, that's bad. Although Alex Jones was a different thing ten years ago. Um. But f- I mean, fuck him forever. <laughs> yeah. And let him go down in, uh, in flames. <clears throat> And be sued in poverty. I let's hope. Yeah, he uh, had so. I mean, this isn't relevant, but how does he? What happens? He he's he has to pay like hundreds of millions of dollars. But yeah, like, it was a billion. I yeah, thought. Yeah, billion. Like he doesn't have that money, no. obviously. So what happens? <laughs> yeah. How do those people get their money? I don't know if it's like they'll ever actually get their money, but the point is that he's so in debt that he had his assets and his will be will be taken and then he won't have a platform anymore and infowars will effectively cease to assist uh cease to exist but he's gonna like litigate it in court and like appeal and all sorts of shit alex jones lawsuit i mean you could, this is again we're just getting into current events that we haven't <laughs> actually read fully into so i'm sure there's like a what happens now section <laughs> <clears throat> yeah fuck that guy yeah yeah i love uh, yeah i know it's like it sucks i was it was always really weird like with the interrupters because i don't again like i don't think she ever really acknowledged like oh yeah i was on his show talking about how climate change isn't real yeah like it was just never brought up again like that's like it did happen it's super it's, fucked up like it's, ha- <laughs> it's pr number pr 101 though is like if you're if you want to like is like leave that shit in the past no one no one knows that obviously that the interrupters were on alex jones except for like core core people that are in the ska reddit or whatever so it's like (laughs) all right there's hundreds of thousands of people listening to your music don't bring that to their attention just move forward or act accordingly because you don't want people to keep talking about it that's what a publicist would say or a crisis publicist would advise yeah having worked with publicists uh it's so i get it but then they should like do climate change benefits or something to be like okay yeah maybe they have i don't know shit about the interrupters have they ever done that they just open for green day all the time now yeah it seemed like that could have been a cool band because <laughs> this is i mean this is hilarious to look back on it but like yeah the holophonics were direct support for them in fullerton for their album their debut album release show in 2014 and it seemed like that could have been a cool band up and coming to like hey there's some support from tim armstrong and like maybe they'll be going out on the road a lot and taking younger bands with them and like they're getting some success and like no not at all it's i mean tim armstrong is a whole different thing now that we know all about like his shit um but yeah, they just open for Green Day and and shit like that. They don't they don't do their own tours and take other bands out with them. Mm. Disappointing. Although, dude, if your band just right out the gate got offered to just tour with Green Day, wouldn't you do it though? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing. But I mean, like, they're they're obviously trying to engineer those opportunities rather than just sit around and wait for them. Yeah. I mean, every band does. That's how the music industry works. Yeah, I know, but like, you could you could try to engineer other opportunities and do your own thing. But it's like from the very beginning, that band was like trying to do like the mainstream industry thing, mm-hmm. which which, you're, which is lame to you. Yeah, You're I mean, like, they're like they're they're using a Scott Punk vibe image. Yeah, and they're and they're still they're not really going that route. Mm-hmm. Which it's great that that kind of music can be on the radio. Yeah, but uh, it's it's just disappointing. Yeah, because we, I mean, you know, we played a fucking what was the name of that venue? Slide Bar mm-hmm. in Fullerton, like tiny, tiny little room. Yeah. So your your main the the thing that sucks is that they are a ska band. They're from the ska scene, yet they don't really c- contribute to the Scossi in a larger way or not using their successes to pull up 
an entire movement of ska with them. They're just sort of like, we're just going to go as far as we can as the interrupters. Like they're, that's what they're focused on. And they're not focusing any bit on the, the community aspect that is like so much clearly a part of ska. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Which I get, especially as you being such a huge part of it. And I mean, I guess that, and that, and that traditionally always being one of the things that, uh, this is all supposed to be about right green day opened for operation ivy man so it's like yeah you get the it comes full circle yeah you get the it's like part of the lore so i get it but I, I i also understand what you're talking about it would be nice for them to to bring bands along with them like you know it's like when those band like when blink One A Two did get big they would always bring out new bands like it's like uh not um like midtown was like you know like they took us out. They didn't have to. Like there were major label bands that could take out, and they took us out because they liked us. And like, you know, they also probably did that too. But you know, you know, I'm getting at like, bring bring the fam along with you. Yeah, it seemed like the industry was just more set up to do that kind of thing 25 years ago. Yeah, everyone's more focused on their own shit today. What are you gonna do? We should talk about this episode so we can get they go on at 9:20. What time is it? 8:40. Oh shit! Yeah, we're gonna go see friend of the pod. What's the name of the group? Dave Lucas. They're the Super Gimmies. <laughs> They're uh, a me first in the Gimme Gimmies cover band. Um, so let's <clears throat> let's let's talk about it. All right. Episode All right, this was a real spooky episode. We watched season six, episode 17, Ghostfly. Ghostfly. Very spooky episode. Um, thank you for suggesting we do it, Eric, and not Blank Eyed Girl again. Right. Yo, this episode was like kind of scarier than I remembered it to be. <laughs> it was a real ghost that was coming after Jake <laughs> and looking to end Jake. Yeah, like stakes, fully. stakes were high. Like. Jake could have fully died forever. <laughs> it was very close in like multiple ways. <laughs> yes. So uh, Jake's feeling weird. BMO's practicing karate. And of course. Of course. And uh, I, I, out of a magazine. I know. This seems like just a typical BMO thing to do. And yet it is so thematically relevant at the end. Oh, yeah. They bring it back. It was yeah. a delight when they bring it back. BMO's looking at a magazine and learning. And in there it says how to stop someone's heart with karate <laughs> and he's practicing on a pillow. Yeah. Or there, what's the proper pronouns? Bimo has used all pronouns yeah. in certain situations. So we can, I guess, freely exchange. Yeah. Most commonly Bimo uses he, him. Yeah. yeah. Just, I couldn't remember what we've, we've discussed this. I couldn't remember where we landed as a pod. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bimo's doing that, and then Jake's just like, I'm feeling weird, and to try to settle himself down, it's raining out, it's a gloomy night, he decides to make some soup. And as he's making a soup... To cure his restless leg syndrome? Yeah. Fine, we're going with it. Fine, As and as you know, a fly comes over and he kills the fly, and that's trying to get into soup, and he, I guess he eats the soup, tries to go to bed. Um, Jake is... Pretty confrontational towards this fly, more yeah. so than we usually get with this character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's in a weird mood because Jake is so easygoing. It's not, it's not normal to see him perturbed. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't even know why exactly he's perturbed. He just feels odd, like you know. Yeah, what is it? He's in a funky mood, is what he says or something. Yeah. So he's, yeah, yeah. He he murders this fly like with intention. Yeah, it's like he's like, oh, here's a place I can take this weird feelings out and just kill this fly and does and then he goes to bed when he went to bed did you i never saw this before his he has sheets first of all inside of that little bunk and almost like a little mattress yeah. which i thought he was just in the drawer but i guess there's a whole he upgraded to a mattress the sheets have uh violas on them <laughs> yeah which i had never seen i thought that was a very cute touch <laughs> yeah. tries to go to sleep can't go to sleep and then here's music playing it wasn't just any music. It was 1930s jazz. <laughs> yeah, specifically. And it's a guy like ripping on vibraphone, I yeah. think. <laughs> and it's really going. And he goes down and turns it off. They also like their record player is like a big like gramophone sort of a deal. Yeah. And then 
And then it just turns off. There's like one of those like old monkeys with the, uh, with the symbols in its hands going crazy. He's like, I didn't even know we had one of those. Right. That's like a horror trope, right? It is. One of those things is going off on its own. You know, it doesn't even seem like that would be a fun toy. That definitely was a toy at some point, maybe in the 30s or 40s. Yeah. I don't know why this fly is so old timey, but it is. <laughs> but it doesn't even seem like it'd be a fun toy for a kid ever. It always seems kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the idea of like f- clowns being like a really fun thing for kids. Cause I guess they were at some point, but like <laughs> why were they though? I, yeah, I the, wonder. The history of clowns is so convoluted. Yeah, I, I, I that's something I don't know about. It but goes into like Commedia dell'arte, like right. way back. So I don't even know. Right. It's it's super deep. But there, it was like a popular thing to do. Like clowns coming to your child's birthday party was a thing. Yeah. At some point, that Circus, was a, circuses. There's yeah. clown college for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. But why? Like I, it, there must be some like context really w- needed to have helped the clowns. <laughs> That we just don't know or see in order for a clown to be cool and funny and like, hell yeah, mom, dad, I want to go see the clown. They give a clown a TV show. Bozo, right? The clown had a TV show. Uh, I guess. That's crazy (laughs) to me. (laughs) Not to them back then. They gave it to him. He was on for a long time. Uh, Who knows? Uh, I don't. I don't think I'll ever know. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, this, and then, okay. So after the, uh, the monkey's going, then we see the ghost fly, which seems really non-threatening at first. It's like a ghost fly. So much so that he runs up and goes like, Finn, there's a ghost fly. And Finn's like, so what? (laughs) Oh yeah. He's, he's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. There's a ghost fly. Like, what, what do we need to do about this? Um, which is great. And, (laughs) and, uh, and then he gets into uh, what happens next with oh yeah then then they are get just get scared because he he pulls out that huge like um, grim reaper knife thing what oh, is that called a scythe a scythe I was one wondering if you knew the word because I didn't <laughs> great that and that's that's where things get scary yeah because uh, I guess this ghost fight could actually kill Finn and Jake right and this is where things get do get a little confusing to me because the fly is running around and he can just go through Jake. Like he's got ghost properties, right? Where if you were to try to grab the fly, your hand would go through the fly. It's like that. Is that translucent nature? Is that what you would call that? Whatever. Yeah. Like it's not there, but as the fly keeps going on, it seems that the fly's scythe could cut them. And then later the fly actually picks up um, an object and moves it. So then I start going like, okay, wait, what are, what are the rules of ghost fly? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- this did register with me and G- ghost and I, logic. I, I, yeah, I, I had to make the decision that it wasn't important. Right. Right. right, right. <laughs> Which like, I think they were banking on. Yeah. It, w- it, it registered enough where it wasn't an implication. Like I had to like actively be like, okay, but, it doesn't actually matter. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he's got the knife and then they, do they get outside and they're like outside with the ghost fly? Uh, if they try, do they go outside to get away from it and then it comes and gets them and they come back and they're hiding and he's like, we have to get somebody with who's used to paranormal things. Right. I thought they were calling starchy. Yeah. First I thought it was cinnamon bun. <laughs> Just because it was a big round thing with a hat. And you're like, okay, this yeah. is someone we're going to know. They, Who's big and round? They call Starchy and Blank Eyed Girl. Got it. But it's it's not him. No. It is our favorite demon lord. <laughs> <laughs> Peppermint Butler. And he looks bigger, though, in, in those those like yeah. sta- uh, those first shots. Yeah, a little forced perspective, making it seem a little mysterious, I guess. We have not seen Peppermint Butler on this podcast in quite some time. That's true. It makes sense for him to be in our Halloween special, though. It does. And I, I guess this is season six, so we know Peppermint Butler. We firmly know that he's up to some strange shit. Yeah. And he puts them in these circles. with. Was he saying a spell as he did it? Maybe. Maybe. And then is like, cool, you're going to be safe here. 
Now you'll, and he, he oh, when he when he comes in though, which is very fun, he throws holy water at the uh, the ghosts, and it kind of works momentarily. Momentarily, um, which I do enjoy about Peppermint Butler that the holy water implies that he doesn't r- really have a specific ideology to him. It's more of a a cobbled together whatever works, <laughs> yeah, or like different elements like there's going to be satanic rituals here, but then there is going to be holy water, which is a Christian entity. And I'm sure there's a lot of other deeper things in here that Jesse Moynihan or whoever brought up that I don't know right. the whole lineage of. It's like uh, eclectic occultism. Yes. Yeah. Ecle- that's a great, ecle- which I find very, in- I like that for him yeah. <laughs> and, and that kind of, that kind of thought. But then the ghost takes his whole medicine bag, which had all of his supplies for, I mean, Peppermint Butler, does he do an exorcism at some point in the show? Feels like he would. I can't remember specifically. Right. He, he is sort of like a like the priest and the exorcist there, um, character in this. There's definitely a moment. He speaks in tongues. Yeah, that happens. We might have reviewed an episode early on where there, there's he opens some sort of portal in like a corner of a room yes. that seems like really yes. really fucked up <clears throat> yeah i don't know but uh but as, as it gets taken he he's like oh this is fucked and he launches himself out of the like third story of the treehouse yeah yeah he bails like bails. the situation with the ghost fly is so serious and he doesn't have his magical ingredients he just fucking pieces out. That's how you know this is like really real. It's like, oh shit. Um Yeah, and then but his spell and the circles worked and now no one the fly can't penetrate like with inside of those circles, which yeah. is very fun. Finn maybe stretches that beyond its limit though. He does. <laughs> In trying to get a comic to read the end of. Yeah. And then he becomes a fly, which is extremely unsettling. Right. Again, uh, not sure how the ghost logic is working here, but I've decided it doesn't matter. So this is fine, except that it's fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. He, they, he immediately like, spits some green goo on the floor. And it's like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, the ghost is possessing Finn. And the only way for Jake to fight the ghost head on is to become a ghost himself is what they decide yeah him and bimo hatch the plan hatch the plan and it's it's a good plan although it seems extremely risky yeah <laughs> they and really need, they really need another character in this scene to tell them no yeah and they don't they, they, like finn would usually get out of this yeah like jake and bimo left to their own devices uh, uh <laughs> it's a, i think it's a bad combo yeah. I don't, I don't really understand what happened to Finn, how he turned into a fly. He's That's, being possessed. He's being possessed. Somehow, I don't know. Yeah. So then Bimo is going to use his karate to stop Jake's heart and wake him up in five minutes so Jake can go and uh, and finish off this 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 whole thing. So Jake becomes a ghost and immediately is getting chased by the ghost fly. And this is where things get, you know, all right, now Jake's dead, so that's not good. But... <laughs> And B- as he's killed, Bimo says, "Yay! I killed Jake. Go, Bimo!" <laughs> adorable, adorable, horrible, adorable, Most adorable murder ever. Yeah, but then okay, this is where I was starting to get really scared because I'm like, now the ghost fly is getting like cuts in Ghost Jake, and it seems that when the ghost fly is cutting other ghosts, they're like gone forever, yeah. like present in no dead world, like cease to exist. So now it's sort of like wait. Jake, it's not just that you're being haunted by ghosts. It's like you could just, your spirit could cease to exist. That's like, we, that. that's very bad. Yeah. That's even worse than death. It, it, they always seem like the stakes are pretty high for this episode. And it really, like, they find a way to, like, make it pretty tense at the climax here. They yeah. up the ante a lot. Uh, and, and, and not even in, like, a like a weird way like they do throw yeah. in a little bit of lore it's like oh is this like some sort of low level dead world like they're mm-hmm. trying to connect it like and yo this is real by the way like what's happening like it has effects like if jake doesn't fucking accomplish his goal he might he might not get to come back yeah <laughs> and uh i know it's scary and then 
<laughs> they're, they're running through stuff. He gets cut a couple times. Then he runs into where his soup was and it falls. Now, I'm not exactly sure why the soup falls because he's a ghost, but it does. And then, oh, the, or the soup is actually already on the ground. And when he kicks it, the ghost of the soup no, comes out. The it, No, yeah, it, it falls off the stove. Yeah. And that is essentially the soup dying. Right. <laughs> then the ghost of the soup comes and the ghost of the soup <laughs> is like crazy for the fly. And it turns out the fly's unfinished business was just wanting to eat the soup. Yeah. The soup was the unfinished business. Which is great. I love this. I love that soup can have a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and that fly can, like, that's so important to a fly that it remains in a ghost state. Yeah. Uh, and as the fly is ascending to whatever realm, you know, lies ahead for it, uh, Jake, <laughs> in a petty little bullshit move, fucking swats the fly, <laughs> the ghost of the fly. <laughs> yeah, he could just let it go. <laughs> That wasn't cool. I was like, oh, I don't know about that one, Jake. Yeah, Jake. Although it did try to kill him. Like, yes, but everything that Jake does in this episode is very aggressive. It is for his it character. Is, it is weird that the if the fly's unfinished business wasn't killing Jake, it was the soup. Then why was the fly chasing Jake? The fly should have just been trying to get the soup. That is true. But also, the fly had a reason to be mad at the yes. guy who killed it. Yes. <laughs> So uh, it's kind of like a side quest for this. Big, yeah. For this <laughs> Just Which, some character development. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. I would have gone about it differently, but maybe just gone straight to the soup. Right. But hey, who am I? I'm not a ghost fly. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're the soul of a fly and you get off like that and you wake up in this fucking afterlife, like you're immediately aware that there is something beyond. Why would you hang around trying to kill this dog? Like, do your unfinished business, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Get out. <laughs> Why would you jeopardize all that? <laughs> oh, my God. You're trying to move on up? Yeah. Like, we understand the reincarnation process of this universe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then Jake is is woken up, and he's like, thank you, Bimo, for resetting me. And Bimo's like, yay, Bimo, you did so good. And then in the back, you see just, like, it was... Uh, what are the what are those the, the paddles called? Uh, defibrillator. Oh yeah, Doctor Princess, who's not a real doctor. Right, right. Yeah. Brought Jake back to life. I I love this uh, this kind of BMO, this very apprehensive BMO, because it's not a side that we see very often where BMO is unsure of what he's doing because BMO is all imagination. He's just like yeah, one hundred percent all the time. It's like he never doubts himself, and this is a an uncommon state for BMO to be in. That's a good point. Really good observation. I love BMO. <laughs> yeah. This is a great BMO episode. <laughs> so good. Uh, did you see the snail? No, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. All right. Well, fuck us. I really looked for it too. Like I was really paying attention. I'm thinking it was like stuck in the back of some establishing shot or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was aware to be looking for, but I wasn't trying very hard. <clears throat> hey, Sean. Yeah. We're recording the podcast. <laughs> oh, sick. What's up guys? Hey, we're moving fast. Cause we got to go to a concert, but uh, what, what do you got going on? Okay. Um, I'm driving to orange County right now to, run like a corporate audio gig thing cool basically i'm just part of like a big uh team of audio people that are, are basically setting up like a convention hall uh for some event tomorrow cool um yeah right. so that's what i got going on well, how are you guys doing how's the show going it's pretty good we gotta do miscellaneous mania now so we're sure episode discussion good yeah, this is our Halloween episode. Yeah. Halloween episode. Oh, spooky. Wait, yeah. did you just go with, um, what was the episode again? The Creeps? No, we did uh, blank. Well, we did uh, Ghost Fly. Oh, cool. Okay. I want to do, oh, cool. do the Creeps every year. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah. Not that I get a vote, but. Nice. Well, yeah. maybe we'll do it again sometime. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we got to go do Miscellaneous Mania. All right, have a good show. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs>
Did he call you? Yeah. Okay. Miss Lady Mania. This is fun. A defibrillator can't actually make a heart start again if it's stopped. Didn't know that. I actually don't know if that's true. What? So what do they do? I think it, if you have a heartbeat that's like irregular or eradicated or like slowing, it like gets it back normal. Oh, but if it's like totally stopped, it can't start it up again? <laughs> According to the adventuretime.fandom.com slash wiki. Hey, that seems reputable enough for me. Yeah. I'll no, have, no I'll, source on that one, by the way. No, okay. so- <laughs> but that's okay. I'll, I'll be sure to remember that next time I'm in need of a defibrillator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, 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 there was a homage to The Exorcist here in the way that uh, Peppermint Butler was standing outside and what he was wearing and everything. I thought so. Yeah, with the hat, and the yeah. briefcase. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, they're saying that this episode is like the episode of Breaking Bad. Fly. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen that. No, I never saw that. I would yeah. say that's not super relevant. Yeah. That that happens sometimes in this in these cultural <laughs> references where you're like, there is a fly in both. <laughs> How related? I do not know. Uh the symbol banging monkey toy. Originated in the Stephen King short story, The Monkey. And ah. it, that's how it's become a horror trope. That's when it got scary. Oh, that sounds like it's always been scary. Uh, and it was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind also. Mm. All right. Should we pick an episode next week? Yeah. It's not going to be random because next week oh. we start B-Movember 2023. Boom. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to Do you have a specific one you want to cover? Let's do... Okay, there's a lot... Okay, uh, BMO episodes that we should cover. We need four for the month of BMO November. Mm-hmm. I've got two that I know of. Uh, one is the the part one to the part two we did last year. Yes. Whatever that is. Uh, and then the other one that we should do is football. Oh, yeah. Uh, do we lead with football? A strong... When are we going to do our next, our, our first episode of BMO November? We need to look at the schedule. We got to get some guests on. Steven Saylor says he wants to do a BMO episode yes. with us. Well, we could also ask him if he has a BMO episode. Yeah. This episode, this is the first BMO episode, Guardians of Sunshine. The one where he's introduced? Yeah. He doesn't have much of a role in that episode okay. though, right? No, it doesn't look like it. Our debut is business time. Well, let's talk to Steve about it. Uh, I, I don't think Steve is going to be available for our first episode because of his gig schedule. He's going to Europe oh, wow. or the, the UK or wherever, uh, stop the presses is playing a festival out there cool. and doing some shows. Um, but he'll probably be back, uh, towards the end of November. What was, what, what was that? The more you mow, the mo you know, the mo. Yeah, that's a big one. Right? Was, yeah, we did part two last year. We can do part one. Let's do that. That's a very sensible opening. Yeah, what's what's the name of that? The 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 mo you more you mow, the more you know. Yeah, the more you mow, the more you know. Yeah, part one will be a good episode too because we'll know what's going on. <laughs> I remember part two very well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, that'll be the start of BM November twenty twenty three twenty twenty two. What year is it? <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. Please rate us five stars whenever you're listening to and uh, tell a friend. All right. Peace out, y'all.